Welcome to WPCast, the professional WordPress podcast for WordPress entrepreneurs. I'm Doug. And I'm David. This is episode 11, the essential guide to WordPress security, bulletproofing your install. So let's move on to the changelog. Doug, what's been going on? So first of all, we just want to say thanks for some new five-star reviews that we got on iTunes. So thanks to JFO the Great, Martin Bishop, and Richard Patey. We really appreciate these reviews. Thanks, guys. So now we're up to 20 reviews, so keep them coming. In other news, WordPress version 4.0 is just around the corner. As of time of recording, it's scheduled to go live on August 27, which is a couple of days after the episode goes live. Did you have a look at new WordPress version, Doug? I looked at it briefly. Uh, there wasn't much that struck me as being that different or that new. Yeah. I think there were, were some improvements to the media that were overdue. But other than that, it's even though it's 4.0, it's not a major shift or yeah. like a major rewrite of, of anything. Yeah. One thing that's pretty relevant to me and my business as well is they changed the plugin install experience a bit. So when you search for plugins and install plugins using the WordPress.org repository, the whole experience is a bit better now. It's going to be easier to identify quality plugins, you know, in terms of like reviews, when was it last updated? It's easy to see the latest reviews. You kind of see like the header image that you see on the WordPress.org website there as well, which is kind of like an indicator that the plugin developer cares about the product. So I'm expecting that it's going to have positive impact on the amount of free downloads that Easy Pricing Tables is getting. Cool. So Doug, you told me about this Chrome extension that you were going to install, right? Yeah, actually, uh, this extension I was using for a while and I was going to have it mentioned in the tips and tricks, but by chance I actually saw that someone we know reported that it's actually uh, kind of a malware extension. So the extension is called Awesome Screenshot, right? Yeah. So basically what the extension does is it lets you take screenshots of your browser. And the main thing I, I like to use it for was taking like a full page screenshot, which is something you can't do, you know, normally just taking a, a print screen, screen capture with your operating system. But I definitely do not recommend using this. And after reading about this, I went and I uninstalled it. So basically what this extension does is it kind of manipulates your Google results to stick affiliate links in there. And it's possible it could be doing some other stuff. But what we think happened is the original developer made a clean extension and got some good reviews and made it really popular. And then in a later update, either this guy stuck in this malware or maybe somebody else took over the extension and, and did it. But it goes to show that just because you're you're looking at the extensions and you see something with like a near-perfect rating and a lot of recommendations doesn't even mean that it's it's safe. Yeah, and the funny thing is that I actually had the extension installed just like three or four days or so right before you told me about it, uh, about the about there being malware issues. So I was using it too, and I think it's kind of funny because you you know I was just uh, troubleshooting my dad's computer the other day, and I think he's still on Windows Vista or you know something yeah. like that. And the issue he had is he had like all those shitty toolbars installed in like his Firefox and he had like five or six different toolbars and I think each of those toolbars you know was like injecting ads everywhere and even changed the default homepage of Firefox it looked still exactly like the Firefox cookie search but it was actually like 
a search from like a different you know provider. I think still using yeah. Google, but using their own ads in there. But it looked exactly the, the same. Really, really sneaky stuff. But I think it's kind of funny because I always thought, you know, like I'm a power user. Like I, I don't install stuff like that. Like that can't happen to me. And, yeah. there, and there I was using using this uh, malware extension in Chrome myself. So exactly, and and I've been using this probably for years and didn't even know about it. So. It's a little bit embarrassing, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm glad that that I know about it and I can remove it. Yeah, so I think that's a great point in getting started with this week's topic, which is WordPress security. And we've had this topic on the list for a while, but Jeff, who, who also um, left a iTunes review, requested an episode on this topic. So you know, we thought we'll do it and talk a bit more about security. So first of all, Doug, you've written a pretty in-depth blog post on the 80-20 of WordPress security on your site, the Efficient WP, right? Yeah, and we're going to link up to this in the show notes. You know, I, I made a, a list of what I think are the most important things to do to secure a site. And typically, these are things that are somewhat technical because you have to go in and you have to change a few settings, maybe install a couple of plugins. But they're preventative measures. So instead of just getting some kind of service or being able to fix your site after it gets hacked, I think it's a lot better to try to go and do these things in advance to prevent yourself from getting hacked in the first place. Yeah. So why is security a concern in the first place? With WordPress, as great of a platform as as we all know it is, because it's using a database and you're not using static HTML, Yep. there's a lot of ways to get in. And with PHP, there's also some security holes that somebody's always going to find a new one. And Yeah. So the safest thing you could basically do is to upload some kind of static HTML site somewhere and with like no database and... Yeah. No JavaScript and all that stuff. No no PHP and backend code. And that, that's probably the safest thing. Yeah. But it's not very practical. And so another thing that's important to know is that because WordPress is open source and... A lot of these security patches come out. Potential hacker could pretty easily find out what the patch was for. Mm. This is becoming a lot less of a concern now because WordPress is auto-upgrading for minor point releases. But for people who haven't upgraded uh, since that became part of core or have it turned off, basically what a hacker can do is, is reverse engineer the security exploit. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's not something that somebody can probably do in, in a few minutes, but if people don't update their site for weeks, months, or even years, which I've seen, then that gives a lot of time to figure out how to just take advantage of this exploit on all the sites that haven't been upgraded yet. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because, you know, we as, you know, very tech-savvy users think, oh, you know, everybody updates their sites. But actually, first of all, you know, there's a bunch of sites that I have that I don't really, like, do much, uh, you know, content. I don't really, like, use them that much right now, and they're just sitting there. But, you know, like, they, they might be, like, six months old, and I haven't updated them. And, you know, I'm even I'm even aware of, like, some e-commerce stores doing, like, seven figures a year or so on WordPress that yeah, it didn't get updated in a long time because they had some weird custom modifications. And I think the only reason they actually ended up updating is because WP Engine told them, you know, like in one month from now, we're going to drop support for the WordPress version that you're using and you have to upgrade. <laughs> um, so it, it's not like everybody's doing this. Anyway, so what are some of the most uh, common WordPress security problems that you have seen other than people, obviously, you know, not updating, which leaves all kinds of vulnerabilities open, but what are some of the most common threats? 
first of all, fortunately, I actually haven't gotten hacked or any of the client sites that I've been managing. So this isn't from my own experience, but what I've heard online. And basically, one of the biggest ones is this Tim Thumb script, yeah. which was included in themes and I think some plugins. This was probably most well-known exploit that in the WordPress community. So I think Tim Thumb, I think it resizes images or something like that. And it's just, it's included, or at least in the past, it was included in so many themes and plugins. And there always seem to be new security problems with it surfacing. I think just a couple of months ago, there was another, you know, exploit that they found. And then those things are, you know, they're like running on probably millions even dozens of millions of websites and you know if, if you buy like some if you buy some kind of theme on theme forest you know you're probably not going to get security updates once him thumb is compromised so yeah. you're leaving yourself open to vulnerabilities which again i think you know proves also why as we talked about before maybe you shouldn't buy your themes from theme forest or only buy it from trusted trusted theme companies where you know that they're going to fix those kind of security problems once they arise yeah, and we don't want to just pick on Theme Forest because oh, you yeah. know, there's plenty of other ones and there's a lot of good authors on and there. even if you if you have a theme from a good source but you haven't updated it there's a possibility that the exploit is in the version that you're using so it's it's pretty important to do both you know checking for a reliable reputable source and keeping your WordPress installation themes and plugins all up to date yeah. So another thing we've got here on our list is WordPress has pretty poor protection against brute force attacks out of the box. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that, Doug? Yeah, so we'll get into some, some ways to prevent this, but basically brute force attack is usually a random attack on your installation and lots of other people's installations where somebody tries a whole bunch of different usernames and passwords. And if you can try enough combinations, then eventually one of them could get in. And even if you don't, then that could even take your site down. So there's the danger of both somebody getting into your site and also just taking it down from trying to attack it. Okay. What about SQL injections and cross-site scripting? So these are a bit more complicated and creative in a way. But if you're using MySQL or SQL with WordPress, then mm -hmm. certain themes and plugins may have a way for you to input information or somebody can send parameters in a URL. And basically what SQL injection is, is somebody executing SQL scripts, even though you don't think they're allowed to. The, the example would be like a contact form or something like that. Maybe like a multi-page contact form that takes some value that is, you know, being entered, puts it into the database and the kind of nest SQL statements in there, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a good comic that, that we'll link to in the show notes. So maybe you'll, you'll get it or maybe you won't. It's about uh, little Bobby tables is the... <laughs> The reference there. Yeah. So what's even more important than, you know, understanding the technicalities of some of those security problems is really what the hell are we going to do about this? So uh, what do you recommend we do here, Doug? So there's a bunch of things that I, I list in the blog post that I wrote. And some of the more important things to do would be to install a security plugin. And first, I want to mention that if you're using managed hosting, this stuff is probably taken care of for you. And, and you may not even be able to install a security plugin if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. But if you're running on shared hosting, then it's pretty critical that you've got some security in place. So I'm on WP Engine, and to be honest, I think I've limited login attempts installed, but um, I don't have a dedicated security plugin. Do you think I should go ahead and install one? I think WP Engine will take care of it all. So as far as managed hosting goes, I haven't heard of anyone getting hacked while on managed hosting. Yeah. And I'm sure it's happened before, but the risk 
is much lower. And because of the way they have their configuration set up is, you know, you probably can't do much more than what they already have set up. Yeah. The main thing on managed hosting that you want to take care of is using a strong password and using a good yeah. uh, admin username that isn't admin or root or something like that. So which kind of plugins do you recommend then if you're on shared hosting and as we said, you should install a security plugin? So the two plugins that I've used when I was using shared hosting are iTheme Security and this used to be called Better WP Security. And there's another one called WordFence. So these are mm -hmm. somewhat similar plugins. They basically, they check your install and, and give you a lot of options for what security settings to check. And they, they make recommendations based on where they think things are vulnerable. Like all of your database tables begin with WP underscore. There's this concept called security through obscurity, where if you change your table names, then it becomes uh, that much harder for somebody to guess what tables you're using to, to be able to get in. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we've got a security plugin installed. What's next? So there's some things that a security plugin can't do. So certain files like wp-config and htaccess, they may or may not be able to make changes to them. And mm -hmm. in addition to the, the plugin, they may make some recommendations for you to put in, into these files. Or you may want to do a few extra things than what they recommend. The the common things that, that I would change outside of the security plugin are wp-config.php, your .htaccess file, your robots.txt file, and file and folder permissions. And what exactly do you recommend changing? Or do you have that listed in the blog post on 8020 security? Yeah, I have it listed in there. It's, it's probably a lot easier to just... Uh, take a look at that. Yeah, instead of us reading out the boring technical details, just check out Doug's blog post on Efficient WP. And as we already mentioned, strong passwords are really important. I'm using a password manager called 1Password. What about you, Doug? Do you also have a password manager? I'm not using a password manager, but I do have separate complex passwords for everything that I'm kind of manually managing. Ah, okay, that, that's cool. Are you one of those guys who has a password generation algorithm where basically based on the website name or something like that, you kind of like put that through your own algorithm in your head and then come up with the passwords. So I've, I've heard of some people doing uh, that. It sounds to me, for, it's a little bit too complicated for me. I'd rather just use a password manager to store them safely. Yeah. I actually make completely random passwords. There's a bunch of online random number and letter generators. And you, and you just, uh, and you just like remember them in your head. So I copy them down and you know, I, I keep them stored ah, okay. in a place I won't mention okay, yeah. on the podcast, but yeah. uh, I, I keep a different strong password for each account yeah. and these are random. So I wouldn't be able to remember yeah. them unless I really tried. Yeah. So that's the exact same approach that I'm taking. I'm using pretty long randomized passwords, but that I'm using to store those is my password manager. Yeah. I'm not opposed to moving to a password mm. manager and hopefully in, in the near future I will because it, it is getting a bit overwhelming, Yeah, but you know, I haven't been ready to kind of let go of knowing exactly where all my passwords are. And, and yeah. you know, I think having it all routed through one program, it makes me a little bit scared to rely on that one system. Mm -hmm. You can take the passwords that I've stored in one password and you know, imp import them into 
LastPass or one of the competing platforms. So they all like kind of like uh, uh, support each other's file format and you can import them as long as you can still type in the master password. But I do realize that there might also be some security concerns with password managers. But I think all things being equal, I'm probably much more secure using a password manager and using complicated randomized passwords than, you know, using passwords that are memorizing. Let's move on to the next point. One other thing to consider, which is using SSL. So when you use SSL on your site, stuff that you enter and send is going to be encrypted so people can't go in between and, you know, catch those passwords. So uh, by default, basically the WordPress login is on HTTP instead of HTTPS, which means that, you know, theoretically, if somebody is in the same Wi-Fi as you are, they could read your WordPress password. I don't think it's like an incredibly big concern and you can also use a VPN or something like that instead of having to install an SSL HTTPS on your WordPress site just in order to avoid this issue. But I think it's kind of like a yeah. nice to have. You know, the odds of somebody trying to fish on network, the odds that they would want to do anything with your WordPress yeah. site are pretty low. You'd have to probably be targeted by somebody malicious. And another thing is SSL is a bit more complicated to set up because you have to install the SSL certificate yep. and do some other configuration. So yeah. it, it definitely helps, but it's not something I would include in the 8020 because no. it's, a, it's a bit of work to set up. Yeah, absolutely. It's not part of the 8020 anymore. But what is part of the 8020 is upgrading frequently. As we said, you know, upgrading the WordPress core, also plugins and themes. You always want to make sure that your site stays up to date. And I guess there can be a little bit of a headache and people just kind of like for, forget about that if they're not very technical or don't really use the site all the time. And I think that's where something like your managed uh, hosting over at Pod WP and Efficient WP is interesting because you take care of all of this for them. Or there's also services like WP Curve is one of them where they basically take care of all of this for you and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, as a WordPress user, you think it's like, well, I just you know have to click a button to upgrade and then it's done. You know, actually remembering to do it, you know, some, some people don't actually edit their site for months at a time. And so they wouldn't even see the upgrade notice. And then a lot of people are just scared to do it because every time you do an upgrade, you risk breaking your site. So you do have to have a bit of technical knowledge or yeah. even better is if you can use a staging server to test all the upgrades. But again, this is, this is more work than a lot of people either want to do or know that they need to do. Yeah. Another thing, not just about upgrading, but, you know, choosing your themes and plugins carefully from the start is pretty important. So one of the things I look for is a recent last updated date if I'm in the WordPress repository. And one of the interesting things in doing some prep for this episode, there's a, a plugin called Plugin Last Updated that I'd been using for a while. And it tells you in your plugins menu, the last updated date of the plugins that you have installed. And if you're doing your upgrades, you probably don't remember the last time you upgraded individual plugins. Yeah. So if you install a plugin and it, you know, updated within the last year, you know, it looks good, you install it, and then a year or two years go by, you're not going to remember if there were no updates for that plugin. Yeah. So if somebody abandons it, then you're kind of stuck and you don't even know that the plugin's been abandoned. Right. The ironic thing about this plugin is that it itself hasn't been updated in over two years. <laughs> I think it's pretty simple, so it's probably not something where it's a security concern. And yeah. the author probably doesn't actually need to update it because this is true with a lot of plugins, that the code still works two years later. 
and doesn't need to be modified. It, it's either it's something simple or it's really well written from the beginning. But it is a bit of a problem because when you go and you look at the plugin in the repository and you see it hasn't been updated, you don't know if it means because it doesn't need to be updated or if the plugin author just disappeared. Yeah. So what I'm doing there with my plugin is WordPress 3.9.2 just came out. So what I do is even if there is no update to my plugin in any other way, like I go in and I change the, you know, in the there's this readme.txt file where you can specify up to which WordPress version that your plugin has been tested. So basically I go in there and I change the number to the current version and then I roll out the update. And then uh, once you install the plugin, it says compatible up to you know, the version, whichever I specified. So this is perfectly, you know, legitimate to write a best practice, I think, to roll out an update, even if nothing else changes, just to make sure that you still keep people telling that things work. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, to let people know that you're keeping the plugin up to date. Yeah. So another thing that we've already said is managed hosting is highly recommended. There's a lot of powerful security features built in there. I'm using WP Engine. Doug, you're using... Synthesis and Flywheel. I'll talk about Flywheel in, in the next episode. But all these managed hosting providers have a pretty similar levels of security. And when you're going with them, then you don't have to do a lot of the, the things that we mentioned earlier. You still have to update, of course. But a lot of the configuration stuff, you don't need to worry about because they take care of that for you. Yeah. And of course, um, doing regular backups, as we discussed a couple episodes ago, is really important too. And we've got a last point here about malware, Doug. Yeah, so there's a, a service called Securi, S-U-C-U-R-I. And this service checks your site for malware and they fix things if malware does get in. It's an added service that if you're using shared hosting, you may want to consider buying. If you are using managed hosting, there's a chance that it might actually be included. You may not actually have a Securi account, but mm -hmm. the managed hosting provider may be using Securi as as part of their regular malware checks. Cool. Yeah, I'm just checking out the website. Looks like a, a pretty cool service. So I think that's pretty much all we have to say about security for now. So we're talking about why is security a concern with WordPress in the first place? What are some of the most common security problems? And what exactly should you do to avoid getting hacked? Let's move on to the tips and tricks, Doug. So you found another Chrome extension, which I think in this case is hopefully not compromised. Yes. So this one's a, <laughs> it's a pretty simple one. And I thought I should mention this because we were talking about the Chrome extensions here. It's just called eyedropper. And, you know, being a web designer, I, I need to get the color codes for, for images or other designs that I see online. And what this does is it's kind of like in, in Photoshop, you have the eyedropper tool where you just click on a color and it tells you what the code is. So this one, and you know, I just double checked it today. It doesn't have any special permissions to to change anything in your browser. Mm -hmm. And so all it does is it gets the color code. It doesn't access the sites that you're visiting and all that stuff. Nice. My tip for this week is related to security, which is I just finally signed up for a VPN and I'm working a lot from internet cafes and co-working spaces. So lots of other people are sharing the same connection. And I was always under the impression that as long as the websites that you are on use HTTPS, when you type in your passwords or so, you know, you're going to be absolutely fine and there's nothing that can happen even on the public Wi-Fi with other people. But I was talking 
to some friends of mine that know a lot more about security than I do. And apparently it actually is fairly easy, you know, for somebody who knows what he's doing to like embed some kind of JavaScript on websites where even if you're using HTTPS and typing in your passwords, you're not really secure. It's fairly simple for somebody. If somebody would know that you go to a certain website to enter in passwords, they could theoretically read your passwords, even if you're on HTTPS, which I wasn't aware of. And this actually really concerning. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Yeah, it's it's really scary. So don't ask me about the exact technical details, but um, some friends of mine that are, you know, very uh, know a lot about security told me about that. So I decided to sign up for a VPN and the, the VPN I chose is called privateinternetaccess.com. And it was recommended to me by my buddy, Simon Payne. I think it's $40 a year or 39 a year. And it's like a small utility that sits in your toolbar and that just makes it really easy to connect. And they've got a couple of you know, server locations all around the world and it's pretty fast as well. So I don't really notice significant uh, decrease in speeds while I'm connected to them. So I think at $40 a year, it's an absolute no-brainer. You want to make sure, I think if you're running an online business, that people don't get your login details to important websites. So I think that's it for this week's episode. You can leave a comment or voicemail and find the show notes with links at wpcast.fm slash security. If you like this episode, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.